Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Get It Whacked, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of Mac CC and meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew, or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of our various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is Packaging Products Limited. Packaging Products Limited is one of Europe's largest manufacturers of non-slip pallet liners, waterproof paper and board, serving a wide range of industries home and abroad. With many years' experience in the packaging industry, Packaging Products has occupied the same five-acre production and paper manufacturing site in Collyhurst, Manchester, since 1841. In recent years, Packaging Products Limited has combined their vast experience with modern technology to develop non-slip papers. These recyclable products complement the traditional bitumen and wax papers. Our finished products are now used widely in a variety of industries including food, healthcare, automotive, building and furniture. Please visit www.packagingproducts.co.uk for more information. Without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guest. This man is a former first-team captain and stalwart of the club. Even if you don't know him by sight, you'll know him for his infamous TP cricket brand, which can be seen around the club from time to time. Not only that, but he is also the proud sponsor of Mr Frankie Barker. According to Rob Porter, he's LBW, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tom Parfit. Parf, how are you? Good evening, Miles. How are you? I'm very good, mate. I'm very, very good indeed. I uh, I couldn't resist the temptation to just get a little bit of a, a cheap shot on behalf of Rob Porter in there and, and call you LBW. You'll you'll have to, you'll have to explain to us one day why, why he thinks you are such an LBW candidate. But um, anyway, maybe that's not for now. How's uh, how's the family first, and and how's uh, sort of COVID COVID nineteen life doing for you? Yeah, life on lockdown. I'm actually quite enjoying it. Still working, working from home, spending time with with the family. Is yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's obviously unusual not being able to go watch the cricket on a Saturday at the moment. Now the season started, but. Uh, We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, needless to say, there's probably not a single person at the club who uh, doesn't wish they were either watching or playing cricket this coming Saturday. Um, but, you know, we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll get there. Especially with this nice weather. Oh, what a start it could have been. Oh, mate. I I, I mean, I don't know what you think, but personally, I, I have visions of this summer being like it was in... Um, in 2018 and you know sort of West Indian looking outfields and Macclesfield turning into the Hyderabad Dust Bowl again and, and none of us being able to play but um, I don't know what would be worse having that or it just being a complete rain off because we'll all be sat at home and it'll be raining so it's a bit of a hard one. Well rain offs are not always a bad thing though are they Miles? No no that, <laughs> that is very true I uh, do love a good boat race. There has been some good rain offs. Yeah absolutely and uh, an, an early rain card deployment yeah but there we go anyway what tell us what you're doing when you when you don't play cricket mate. Well whilst I'm not not playing cricket um i organize sports tours around the world which some of which do include cricket um but if anyone wants to go away and play cricket rugby football around the world that's what i do i set that up and uh, sell the dream <laughs> although you you don't get to go and live it unfortunately i, see. I don't get to go and I don't get to go and live it now and um take taking it back to to cricket what what are your sort of earliest cricketing memories part the, the king's school in macclesfield which uh, i know 
Khaled mentioned in uh, a podcast a few episodes ago um, was where it all started for me as well. I actually moved to the school. I think I was in year four and King's School had the reputation, I think still does, for being one of the best sports schools in the area. Um, and that's certainly what took me to the junior school. Um, and that's where I started. But Mr. Mr. James, uh, Simon James, who taught me how to bowl off spin, which will make a lot of people chuckle. <laughs> And and would you claim to have had any influence on Rob Porter's uh, collection of moon balls and straight breaks over the years? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I spin it. I spin it more than Rob Porter. I mean, Path, that that's not saying a lot, is it? Really? <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's it's good that you kind of mention um, Cal and his his previous podcast because um, in that podcast he he mentioned that you were kind of um, quite key in 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 bringing him over to Macclesfield, um, and he also mentioned that you both played for Oldley Edge um, when you were younger. Was was this your first club? Simon James, who I've mentioned there, was the, the PE teacher in the junior school and he and his brother were Oldley Edge stalwarts. So I headed over there as my first club and I met Khalid there when we were probably eight or nine years old. And we played junior cricket. I mean, I was a year older than Khalid. So the junior age groups, we uh, generally in two years. So we played together for a year, then didn't play together, then played together for a year, that kind of thing. Uh, and then I think it was under-14s now. You say about influences, Steve Moores, again, previously mentioned on podcasts and infamous around the club. He certainly had a big role to play in my cricket development. And he would decided that it would be a good move for me to head over to Macclesfield. Basically, similar to Cal's story in a way, I was playing senior cricket um, after the school season at Audley Edge. But but not getting any further than the third team, despite scoring quite a lot of runs in that third team. Um, and Steve Moores said, come over to Mac. Danny Ackley was the first team captain. And I came over, I played one game in the second team and then was played the rest of the year in, in the first team at Maxford and loved it. Never looked back. Excellent. Um, and uh, obviously you, you were involved in, in, in bringing Cal over, but we'll, um, we'll, we'll maybe come back to that in, in a little bit, Parf. I'd, I'd quite like to kind of... Um, hit upon uh, or talk about should I say um, you know your time at Kings obviously you just mentioned Steve Moores there um, just kind of yeah talk to us about kind of cricket and your, your experiences at Kings um, and, and development and all that sort of stuff well when we moved over to the senior school Cal joined us in year nine um, and we had a good age group we had a good year um, I often played Cal they played with a couple of lads in the year above us so we were always pushed and then I think it was in year nine and year 10 which was still relatively young we broke into that first team and we played there three four years on the bounce in that first team and I have to say some of the best cricketing memories I have were what they used to call cricket fortnight which does still exist but I don't think they take it quite as seriously now as as a lot of people uh, do take their exams a lot more seriously than perhaps uh, my generation did and cricket fortnight was when we played cricket every single day for two weeks and as many people in Maxfield know the front field was one of the best places to play cricket with a lot the whole school coming to watch at various times during the day during break time and lunch time so it was a, a, a great stage to play some cricket on. Fantastic and and who were the um who was the first team captain and, and some of the other players that you're playing with when you when you broke into that first team? If I remember rightly that first year I think, well, I, I, I played a few games with uh, Tom Isherwood um, right at the very start. 
Um, and then after him, I think it was Alan Day from Audley Edge. He he captained the side. I think that's when I probably played my first full year. What do you uh, do? You have any uh, overriding memories of um, Tom Isherwood back in the day and, and Captain Tom Isherwood? Uh, Captain Tom Isherwood was the most agile fielder back in the day. I remember he he I remember standout fielder. I know it was obviously uh, a gun all rounder, but I do remember him diving around that outfield um, and setting that standard. And as many people will know that. Fielding for me is uh, probably my best best asset too. Absolutely, I think um, uh, it's it's well known now that the uh, the Isherwoods, both of them, obviously playing at Macclesfield, but they do have suspect hamstrings, um, as we we often joke about. However, I think Tom has has had a, a sort of a few years of suspect various bits of him, and and I. I always like to think that the reason he keeps crocking himself is because he's throwing himself around like he was when he was 17 um, and uh, not not realising that time has caught up with him. But um, yeah, I think you can you can still see he's um, he's never too far away from from taking an absolute worldie. Absolutely. When you got sort of later into to Kings cricket, as you said, and 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 then established yourself in the first team, how was your how was your team doing in, in those age groups? Um when you were sort of 16, 17, 18? Yeah, so, I mean, the standard of first 11 cricket at school when we when we played was was very high. We had a really good a good side that had a couple of lads from our year, our age group. I actually was fortunate to captain the side for two years, so I, I captained in year 12, um, so captained a few of the lads in the year above me. Um, and then in my final year, um, we saw some of the juniors coming through. So, so going back to the, sorry, the um, standard of, of the sides that we played against, um, there was a lot of players that played in some of the other Premier League first division clubs around Cheshire that we have played against since. I mean, Cal have played against since we were fourteen. The likes of uh, Danny Woods, Nick Anderson at Didsbury, um, a lot of the older edge boys, the Wildigs were all at MGS school, so we had a lot of rivalry from back from the Kings days. I'm sure that's been something that's uh, taken taken all into senior cricket over the years, but maybe we won't get into too much of that. Um, and just talking about kind of some of your your achievements at Kings on a, on a personal level, obviously the stats and things like that are, are not something I'm I'm privy to, but I, I am aware that you you along with Cal scored uh, quite a few hundreds. Um, do you you know? Come on, show us show us how much of a badger you are, Path. Come on, tell tell us about your King stats or as much as you know them. Well, yes, you're right. There there, there are hundreds on there. I think I scored my first hundred in year 12 over at Rossall School which uh, I remember very vividly it's got 130 that day it was a baking hot day and it's quite a big thing for me because I'd had a few 90s the year before as a year 11 and Steve Moores was very persistent in making sure that I turned those 90s into 100 and once I'd got one over the line I think I ended up with five in the first team which was you know which I was really proud of um, a few behind Cal, but one of my my most proud moments was being on both sides of the board. So there is also on the other side of the hundreds column, there is a column of bowlers who have taken six wickets in a game. Now, uh, back in my upper six, I would 100% have classed myself as an all-rounder. Um, and I think Steve Moores would certainly back me up on that. And I uh, happen to have figures on 
one side of the board of six for 34 against a very, very good Lancaster school. Interesting. I genuinely never knew that path. I mean, I know you, you know, you, you like to turn your arm over and I've, I've seen you in the nets. Um, frankly, I can't remember you getting me out, but I don't know why you would ever be bowling at someone as bad as me. So that probably hasn't happened. But um, I genuinely did, did not know that you were, uh, you know, a, a formative uh, all-rounder. Absolutely. I mean, myself and uh, Ben Morrison actually started playing for the county as under 12s as bowlers who batted number 10 and number 11. <laughs> wow. Well, if, uh, if if that isn't uh, an interesting statistic for you, I don't know what is. I just just want to, before we move on to some, some sort of Cheshire stuff, um, is, is there anything you kind of want to say about sort of Steve Moores' um, involvement? I, I know you've, you've already said that he was heavily involved in, in your development as a cricketer and kind of what can you what can you say to sort of put that in picture for us? Well, everyone knows the, the kind of bloke Steve Moores is. He, he, he kept you on the straight and narrow. You didn't really want to cross him, but equally there was a lot of laughs, a lot of fun along the way. And, you know, if, if, as long as there was that respect there, I think he, he gave you that respect back. And I must say, as, cap, as a captain, I think he, um, he certainly left a lot of decisions down to me, which was, in some ways, led me nicely into being a, a relatively young first 11 captain at Macclesfield. But not only that, he became a friend off the field and, uh, in fact, came to my wedding. So it just shows that, that you know, the, Steve Moores was certainly a uh, important figure in the uh, in my growing up and um, I've no doubt that the, you will not be the only person on this podcast who, who says something similar um, and, and and also good to have uh, Cal's opinion of the fact that you you didn't want to see the dark side of Steve Moores I think Cal I think Cal possibly saw it a little bit more than me <laughs> well, you, you're a bit more on the straight and narrow path I was just more I was a bit cleverer I reckon <laughs> <laughs> well there we go you heard it here first um, so so talk to us about kind of how, how far you kind of progressed with, with the the Cheshire system you said yourself and um and, and BMO were obviously uh in and around there under 12s as batting 10 and 11 and bowling yeah that was the Taunton festival that back in uh Ben and I was uh under 12s and we were we were bowlers at the time um I then drifted kind of away from the Cheshire setup although always going down to the last trials but I think that was probably due to uh, me turning into uh, a batsman as opposed to that that bowler as an under-12. And then I kind of came back to the Cheshire system as an under-17. So I, pl- I played back in that side as an under-17 and, and then played as an under-19, which turned into the development side slash second team. So had a few good experiences there and played with some very good cricketers and thoroughly enjoyed it. And I m- must say that the relationships that obviously I made playing cricket against people at school, then at club, be able to play alongside them as a representative cricket and have a few away days down in Warwickshire and go out for a few beers and a few stories to tell, I'm sure, that we all like to catch up on when we see each other at various grounds around Cheshire. Very good. That is that is definitely one of the, the, the you know, the plus sides of any sport is that kind of fraternity that you share and, and, and kind of all the uh, all the stuff that goes with it. So it's, it's, it's nice to hear that always, especially at this time when we're when we're all missing it. Um, just bringing it back to, to Macclesfield um, now, um, how, how long have you been involved with Mac then? Obviously, you said Danny Ackerley and, and Cal were pretty um, key in bringing you over. When, when, what, what age were you when you came over to Mac? So I think I think I think it was 2004. But again, because our, our school season, uh, which we took very seriously and we, you know, as you know now that the Kings boys play their cricket until start of July that we 
we played very little until July and then played through the second half of the season in those in my first I think, three years at Mac, 2004, 2005 and 2006. I'd have still been at Kings. So we only sort of played half seasons during that time. But, you know, if you, th- if you look at some of the names that were in that first 11 during that time, the likes of Danny Ackley, uh, Mark Hillaby, Yost, uh, Barney, Tate, Young Ian Tate, um, Martin, there was quite a lot of famous Mac names in that dressing room that was certainly an eye-opener for a young, innocent 15-year-old. <laughs> I think that might be a conversation for the for the After Dark podcast there, especially uh, with Danny Ackley involved. Um, there is something quite amusing that I'd, I'd like to pull up and share with you. Um, so I, I was doing a little bit of research um, and I found an old uh, headline from the Macclesfield Express. <laughs> I know what this is. I know what this is. Oh, I'm not sure you do. Uh, well, I mean, maybe you do, maybe you don't. So this was on April the 19th, 2006. So obviously just before the 2006 se- season, which would have been your last year at Kings, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the headline is Macclesfield's promotion hopes have received a major blow on the eve of the new season after Captain Jason Knight suffered a horrific injury. Um, and now, if, I, if, I, if I'm if i right, I think um, Jason Knight uh, broke his leg or something like that. And, yeah, and, yeah. and Yoz, Yoz stood up and, and took the reins for the season. But um, okay. the, the bit that I enjoyed um, reading was a little line uh, that I've just found here. That says, and I quote, the club is happy to put its faith in youth and hope left arm spinner Simon Patterson can build on an impressive first season in the county league. While talented Kings duo Khalid Sarwaz and Tom Parfit will play once they have finished their school commitments. Um, so obviously nice to see that, you know, you were both getting a mention there. But the thing that stood out to me is the fact that Khalid is, is referred to as Khalid Sarwaz, S-A-R-W-A-Z. Um, and uh, yeah, that that just made me chuckle. But clearly, um, you know, back when when, when you're talking about uh, the, the pair of you were uh, obviously thought of in in quite high regard um, as younger players in that side. Yep, that's not the that's not actually the headline I thought you were going to get you to tell me about then. No, well, now that you've said this, I, I think it's only fair to, <laughs> to 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 allow you to to regale us with the the headline you thought I was going to read you. Well, I, I didn't I didn't come over with the the smoothest of transfers, let's say. Um, from Oldley Edge that uh, initially the County League were going to fine or penalise Macclesfield with a 26-point deduction um, due to the um, errors made in my transfer, <laughs> which, which again, as a 15-year-old, was uh, quite a worrying few weeks while that was decision was being made. Um, and what was that due to? Just an administrative error on the part of whoever wrote the paperwork? Or? Correct, correct, right. correct. Yeah, I think it was just someone hadn't signed the right piece of paper in time or what have you. Care to point the finger? Not that anyone's listening? Uh, well, I suppose it'd have to be Danny Ackley, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let it not be said that Danny Ackley is not a man who enjoys his admin. <laughs> um, anyway, moving moving swiftly onwards before I have a very angry Danny Ackley phoning me up and swearing at me. Um, I, wa- I want to kind of move on to your your, your max stats and, and um, some scorecards and things like that. Um, so as, as you said to me um, just before we actually sort of started recording the podcast, um, play cricket is not always the most accurate once you get sort of backwards of about 2000 and 
2010, 2009, and, and the games start to slip off in number. So um, That sounds like I'm making excuses. I wasn't. I was just surprised. It does sound like you're making excuses, but you did say to me that some of your best, best, best cricket was played, you know, before it was all on play cricket. <laughs> but I mean, w- whether anybody cares to believe you on that path, I, I can't, yeah. I can't tell you. But what I can tell you is what I've got in front of me. And um, you have played, according to play cricket, um, 144 games with 137 innings, 21 not outs, 3,018 runs with a highest score of 99, uh, averaging 26, 15 fifties, um, and 22 ducks, which I'm, I think that's that's fairly respectable. I, I always like to see a good high percentage of ducks, especially with you boys who fancy yourself as batters. So, um, yeah, that's that's your stats for, uh, batting wise for, for 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 what they're worth. Yep. Slightly disappointed on that average. I've always wanted to be closer to the 30 mark, if not a little bit over. And I think, um, I think in my kind of prime years, I think that's where it where it sat. But uh, definitely overall, I was I was a little bit disappointed to be down at the 26 mark. Well, I'm sure if you add in all these fictitious uh, games you, you you must have played into play cricket. I'm yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, as as a as a bowling all rounder, uh, as you as you've called <laughs> yourself, we'd better have a look at the bowling stats, which are. Which are not extensive, I'm afraid to say, Path. They are uh, 9.2 overs, two wickets, a best of one for naught, um, and an economy rate of a very, very good 9.4, which even Rob Porter would be proud of. Um, so, <laughs> I reckon those wickets were definitely under 17 level uh, at wet Disley. Yeah, you got one in 2006 and one in 2005. Um, yeah. Now, the, the other thing I did want to talk on, uh, talk about um, is something you, you mentioned earlier. Obviously, you've, you've, you've always um, enjoyed your fielding and I think it's fair to say you've, you've always been considered uh, one of the, well, one of the better fielders we've, we've probably ever had at the club, really. And there are some, there are some really interesting kind of uh, stats and, and, and things in here that I want to talk about. Um, so, so your fielding summary is um, overall you've taken 59 catches um, with four runouts. Now, I'm sure there are many more in there because, you know, scorecards, especially going back, are always unsure, unsure, unsure on the catcher and, and whoever made the runout. But there are a couple of um, sort of standout uh, seasons in here. In 2009, you took 13 catches and 2010, you took 16. Um, and I think for a non-wicketkeeper that's that's pretty good going do you do you remember particularly either of those years from from a fielding point of view I mean I, I've always prided myself on my fielding um, I think it's something that as somebody that you know ended up going down the order slightly um, towards the end of my career but in more six and seven um, I wanted to have an impact so if I hadn't scored any runs or I hadn't been the required as a batsman then I'd make a difference in the field. And uh, it's certainly something that I threw myself around and and enjoyed. But talking about memories, I think one of the uh, most standout memories was actually a drop. And that was probably at the very start of my Macclesfield career, um, where I was very nervously playing with Steve Moores, my my teacher, obviously, at school. Um, And I was sort of square leg. uh, And out came to bat a... Simon Marshall, who was on the books of Lancashire and was the next big thing in Lancashire at the time. Um, I don't think he quite ever fulfilled that potential, but he uh, he was the big wicket at the time and Steve Moores came on to bowl. And Simon Marshall whacked one towards me at square leg, who as a young 14, 15-year-old was 
a bit nervous as he saw it coming towards me and ended up dropping it, which again was terrible. I, I was so disappointed with myself that I looked back up, looked over at the bowler and shouted, sorry, sir, which has stuck with quite a few of the old guard cricketers that I apologised by saying, sorry, sir, um, to my teacher. I, I don't know who would have been more mortified. You immediately after you said that as a 14-year-old, or I think probably Steve Moores, would have been absolutely mortified that you called him sir in a first-team game. Uh, what did I say about respect earlier on? I was always very respectful. Yeah, well, there we go. You, you know, you, you clearly never forgot your place path. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are there are a few games that that I want to talk about, and um, there both of these uh, particular games are are fixtures in which you you rather left yourself um, short of a ton. <laughs> so uh, you you do a common theme there. You do have a you do have a few scores in the nineties path, and there's there's a couple I want to talk about. So the first is uh, Macclesfield first team versus Oxton first team, and this is from two thousand and nine, the twenty second of August. Um, at this stage, Mac were in the prem, um, and Mac won the toss and decided to have a bat. Um, and posted 227 for five declared. Yourself that day, you were, you were batting at number four. The, the batting was opened by uh, Rob Keane and Ben Morrison, who neither of whom got too many. Um, Khalid batted three and yourself at four. Um, you obviously must have had a, a fairly decent partnership there with, with Cal as, as he scored 50 and, and, and yourself. Uh, you got 93. Um, so just kind of wanted to uh, see what you remember from that game and, and, and were you in those nervous 90s? Did it get to you? <laughs> nervous 90s is an understatement for me. <laughs> um, that, that 93, obviously, that that game, if I remember right, which is quite common in a lot of my innings, is that coming under a bit of pressure, um, I'm one that grafts it out a little bit, takes my time, and then kind of towards the end of the innings, just let, let loose a little bit. And I remember that game, me and Cal, putting on a partnership. Cal certainly was a little bit more fluid than I was. Um, so how... Many of that partnership was scored by him, quite considerable considering I probably scored most of my runs in the last uh, sort of 10 overs, I suppose, in that innings. Because I think I remember teeing off and bringing out the uh, Rob Porter slog sweep. <laughs> I couldn't help but bring him up in a sweep, in a mention of a sweep. It was either him or Kim. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember Neil Cross bowling as offspin from, from the Victoria Road end. Uh, Neil Cross was a very experienced cricketer and he kept bowling faster and faster and I kept premeditating the slog sweep more and more. Um, and I didn't actually know I was getting to the 90s. I was just going and going and going and then obviously fell slightly short. But I, I don't think there was much left of the innings, if I remember rightly. It might have even just been an over or two at the end when I got out. Yeah, I mean, it, it says um, declared, but it also says you faced Macclesfield batted 55 overs. So I'm not entirely sure what. Yeah, that, 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 back then it was it's, um, you could bat 60 overs. So you could bat 60 overs, but you lost points after 55 out of your batting points. So that's why it says declared, because you do have the option to bat 60. Yes, I thought it was 55. There we go. Uh, pleasingly for everyone, having never played first team cricket and never will, uh, that would be why I don't know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving swiftly onwards. Oh, I, I must just say, as we're talking about this game, it is important for, for everyone to know that Rob Porter was 
bowled uh, by Neil Cross for two. Um, and in the end, uh, Macclesfield uh, won out by 69 runs. Uh, I shall just see if you had any uh, influence on the scorecards in the second half. You did indeed. Took a took a, a nice catch uh, off Ian Tate. It says. Uh, do you remember much about the Oxton innings? Was it was it tense trying to get the win? No, I just if you look at that side though um, from Oxton, um, there's some serious players in that side. Uh, Chris Davis at the top, and Simon Stokes, Neil Cross, Lee Dixon, Cashin, Ross Dixon. That was a, a serious side for for Oxton back then, a lot of whom went on and played at various other clubs as well. But I think it certainly was a memorable year, probably one of my best personal years. And with it being in the Premier League, it was even sweeter. But I, I remember, I think we did get relegated at the end of the year. So we're a slightly disappointing finish. But um, personally, it was probably one of my proudest seasons. Very good. So the the other um, game that I just want to talk about is, is from the season after that. So this is the 8th of May, 2010. This is Macclesfield first team versus Cheadle first team. Uh, Cheadle won the toss and elected to field. Um, Macclesfield posted 208 for six uh, off 50 overs. Um, Again, you were batting four. Uh, Captain this particular day. Uh, We won't talk too much about the the captaincy side of of things just yet, but um, you you managed to get yourself 99 and you were LBW to Rana Maluk. Now, obviously, I do want to talk about the fact that you got 99, but I think this is a really appropriate point to bring in Rob Porter baiting you with uh, with the described Tom Parfit in one word, and he said LBW. So, come on, Parf, tell us tell us about this LBW thing. Well, just quickly before that, we if you look at the stats on how out on play cricket, I am actually over that career only out 21% of the time LBW so I'm not sure the stats back up Porter's claim this is a guilty conscience a man that knows his percentage of LBW <laughs> it's a guilty conscience no the floor is yours Parf come on uh, however um, out of those ducks that you said before I would guess that a considerable amount of those ducks were LBW because I th- in the first 10 balls I faced or when I was particularly nervous LBW was certainly the most likely way you were going to get me out. And that, that suddenly became quite commonly known around some of the opposition teams. I remember I remember a game at Hyde where Fitzy was at square, David Simmons was at square leg. And the first thing he said when I came out to bat was, we all know this lad loves an LBW. So, yeah, Porter might be right, but I think the uh, it got spread around the county league that I was also quite commonly out LBW. <laughs> Um, so I'd be interested if there was anyone if we could I don't think we can but to dig out stats of how many of those ducks were LBW I think that would give a greater understanding on that but then on the flip side it shows how nervous I was on 99 to be uh, out LBW yeah so so going back going back to this game um, Rob Keane and and BMO opened the batting again Uh, Rob Keane got a few BMO not so many Uh, Cal only good player Rob Keane yes very much so Uh, Cal Cal only got eight this day and and yourself at four Again, captain's innings ninety nine. Uh, do you do you do you remember much about this other than being in the nervous nineties? Uh, I remember it a lot. Yeah, um, I remember Lawrence Little actually was was a decent bowler. Uh, he was a young lad that was very raw. Um, played played a few bit in the Cheshire side um, as a junior and was coming through and was being talked about. He was had was a very raw talent. Uh, he took a few wickets that day. Um, 
But I must say, that wasn't actually my first 99, which is where the play cricket stats have missed because <laughs> it was actually my second 99 for Macclesfield First Eleven. So even more embarrassing that my I have scored 99 on two occasions for the club and have yet, I say yet, scored 100. I assume this was 99 and out on both occasions. Correct. Was the other one LBW? No, the other one was actually... I can't remember if it was 2006 or 2007, but Evan Gulbis was the overseas. Um, Barney Cutbill captain, and I'd got to 99, and it was at the 55 over mark. And as I said before, at 55 overs, you could bat on till 60, but you do lose batting points if you go past the 55 over mark. Well, Evan Gulbis had an influence on us staying out for an extra over in order for me to try and get to that 100. So he actually refused Barney's declaration. <laughs> and gave me the opportunity to have an over in which I would try and make that 99. He proceeded to then hit the ball to, well, he, I can't remember exactly where, but he hit, he hit the ball. I ran through thinking he was just going to let me run and face the last five balls of this over, to which he stood there on his back, 130 not out, and sent me back, to which I was run out <laughs> not on 99, having just been told that we had to stay out and face the the, the over, which cost us two points of the uh, of the batting run. Evan Evan Gulbis will be making an appearance uh, in due course, and I, I will be. Oh, I'll have to relive that one. I'll be sure to ask him about that. Now, the the only other thing that I must press you on on that on that great story is, do you remember what Mister Barney Cupbill's reaction was to that fiasco? Uh, I just think he turned around and stormed back into the chain. I mean, obviously, as Barney. Being the bowler that he is, probably didn't uh, appreciate the uh, the need for me to get to that hundred, which obviously I never did. But I think the fact that Evan stood on on his back at one end, turning me back, stranded halfway down the wicket on ninety nine, was an absolute disaster. I dread to think of the conversation afterwards. Yeah, no, no comment on that one. Well, Macclesfield, uh, just to finish off that game, Mac won by fifty nine runs, uh, bowling Cheadle out for for one hundred and forty nine in forty overs. Um, and no no grabs for you no grabs for you that day but I'm, I'm sure you were a gun in the field as always Paul. as always <laughs> now the, the last thing that I just want to touch on is is obviously you mentioned that when you were back at Kings you were um, you know first team captain in, in your lower sixth year um, which I, I would imagine is is a little bit of a rarity but obviously you do have a history of having been first team captain at Macclesfield and again you mentioned you were quite a young captain there and the, the thing I'd kind of wanted to focus on was the 2010 uh, season in which you were were captain that year um, and Macclesfield won Division 1 and and were promoted so I just kind of wanted to uh, you know talk to you a little bit about about that season and 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 just captaincy in general and and maybe how you how you felt as a a young captain both at school and and then at Macclesfield. Yeah it's it's something that I've always enjoyed doing most importantly well the, the on-field stuff, Miles, as, as, as you know, as a, as a captain of the club side yourself, that the on-field stuff is fantastic. It's the uh, the additional stuff around the outside of being uh, being captain that can sometimes be a little bit more tricky. Um, but on the field, I absolutely loved the responsibility and, and having an influence on the games and the challenge of, of bringing all the lads together and creating that team spirit, which certainly at Mac, I've grown up with, with that changing room, like I said before. I think Porter mentioned it, that Mac had a reputation around the league for being real fighters and we could bowl teams out for 100 and we could only get 150 as a total and 
and bowl teams out for 120 and win games because we'd be be super on it in the field and, and bowl really, really well and, and just get around each other. So being a captain that instilled that was something that I was really proud of. And to win that 2010 first division um, was certainly a proud moment. And it was my first year as captain. So again, really, really proud of that. And then I think I went, I think it was 2015 when I, I actually captained the side again. Um, I wanted to do it in the Premier League, which which, which I did. So I've been very fortunate to be able to captain the side for two years um, and, and enjoyed every minute of it. And do you um, do you think that you kind of uh, learn things whilst whilst captaining at Kings as as you know as a sixteen seventeen year old that then enabled you to kind of step up as a, as a young captain coming into senior cricket as well? Yeah, I, I think so. And obviously, doing it at year twelve meant that I was I was captaining older lads than me and. You know, as a as a teenager, some of the older lads you feel maybe a little bit intimidated by. So actually, captaining them was was great. I think the year or two before I actually captained the first team at Mac, um, I was I was I was appointed a vice captain, very much on the basis that I would I would I would learn from the likes of Yours. I think Yours was captain or Barney was captain. I can't remember which which one it was. They involved me in decisions. Now it wasn't the overall decision at that time because I was probably still only 18, 19 years old, but. They, uh, they definitely involved me and, and asked me questions about what I thought. And so that definitely left me in good stead for when I actually took over the reins. The the last thing I was uh, going to sort of mention is um, taking it back to your, your sort of fielding um, and... Uh, and, and maybe on the on the coaching side of things now, obviously you've um, uh, well, we'll say for now temporarily hung hung up the uh, hung up the boots and the pads. Who who knows what will happen in the future? But you have been um, in the last couple of seasons, um, sort of back at the club a little bit, doing some some coaching work and and a bit of fielding work, which I know a lot of the lads really appreciate you taking the time to do. Um, is is that something moving forwards that you'd you'd like to? pursue a bit more formally or, or how do you feel about kind of yeah coaching and, and being involved um off off the field rather than on it yeah you very much said that I hung up the boots I obviously um went and played a year at Lindo having left Maxfield bought a house next to Lindo and went and played there and I just wanted to try and have a little change to see if I could invigorate the playing side of it because I'd kind of fallen out with with the playing side of the game for a little while and, and I'd, I decided that I'd take a bit of time out but that doesn't certainly take away from the love of the game and being involved. I can't resist being involved. Um, as you know, being, even when I was coming down doing the coaching, I was often involved in some of the selection after the training. And I'd like to think that I could add some value in that. And I mean, down the line, of course, I'll always be involved at the club um, and possibly when time allows me a little bit more, um, possibly get, get some more coaching in. But I do love, as, as probably it was noticed, during that year when which I, I, I got involved on a Thursday night. I enjoy the, the fielding drills and getting people running around, diving around and enjoying it because I think often a lot of people hate fielding or get bored bored in the field. But I think if you can instill a little bit of enjoyment, a bit of a challenge and a bit of a camaraderie in the field, which has helped us win games, it's, it's something I'm really, really keen on. And 55 overs in a, in a field is a long day. So if you're bored, bloody hell, you're gonna you may as well enjoy yourself and try and make it as less boring as you poss- possibly can. Absolutely. And as as I say, you know, it, it's 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 no secret that you know lots of the boys um, will 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 
want to thank you for you know the time that you do take to to come and uh, get us running around and diving around the outfield um so yeah we we look forward look forward to when we'll be able to do that again in in hopefully the not too distant future and now par for moving on to the end of the podcast here we're we're gonna we're gonna try with the quick fire questions obviously it's it's been generating a, a lot of difficult um difficult thinking from some people others have just flown through it like it's it's nothing um you know let's let's find out let's find out how you do path so nickname path left or right-handed right-handed battle bowl batsman who used to bowl <laughs> look there we go you're the first person who's not tried to call themselves an all-rounder and you actually have a right to uh fielding position uh slips or anywhere the ball likely to go test or t20 test Best cricketer you've played with? Oh, it's between two for me. It's Nick Burtis was unbelievable, but Evan Gorbis as well. Uh, fastest bowler you've faced? I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. And tell, can I tell a little story on it? Of course you can. Ian Tate. And the reason I'm saying Ian Tate was because as a 14-year-old, before he went on tour to Barbados, Steve Moore's brought down Barney Cutbill and Ian Tate to the indoor nets at Maxfield Leisure Centre and proceeded to ask Ian Tate to bowl bouncers at young Tom Parfit, 14 years old, which Tate took great delight in and he used to do it off 19 yards. So that was quite quick. Yeah, I that is that is far too quick for me. I, I remember a few years ago, sorry, we're going off piece here, but it's worth it. I remember a few years ago... Um, Tate, this is after Tatey had kind of hung up his boots. Uh, for some reason, I, he, he decided, I don't know, he was probably feeling a bit angry or grumpy that day. It was a Sunday at Winter Nets and he decided to just rock up, completely unannounced, uninvited, um, got, got as loose as he could. Frankie Barker strolls into bat with his, with his TP cricket kit. I think he'd probably signed his sponsorship deal with you at this point. Um, what a player! What a player! Um, so he's probably played, you know, about zero games of cricket as an adult at this point. Strolls down to the net, and Tatey takes one look at him and says, "Oh, all right, Frank, can you uh, how are you doing? How are you doing with your batting?" And Frank says, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all right." Yeah. Uh, so I turn around to Tatey at the top of top of his mark and say, "Please don't bounce, bounce him, Tatey." Uh, Tatey just looks at me, runs in. And bowls a bouncer off about 19 yards, which whizzes past Frank's head. Doesn't sound like Tatey at all. Frankie did not even see the ball, so made no attempt to get out of the way of it. And, and then Frank pipes up and says, oh, that wasn't very friendly. It actually, st- st- it actually go back to the real quickest bowler of face, because let's be honest, you don't want to call Ian Tate the quickest bowler of your face. No. Uh, we ended up on in Barbados facing a guy who the next day was trialling for the West Indies under-19s. Um, who proceeded to hit me on the elbow because I didn't see it. Um, and a young 14-year-old went off the pitch crying. That chap. Uh, messiest in the dressing room? He's got to be crossy. <laughs> He's a popular choice. Uh, yeah. l- longest in the shower? Martin Tunwell. Interesting. A new name to the uh, yeah. the person that spends the most time in the shower. Uh, yeah. First thing on your plate of teas? Cake. <laughs> Yes, there we go. That I think that's the first time someone said cake. Actually, um, yeah, cake. drink of choice, uh, beer. Takeaway of choice, Chinese. Dance move of choice. Oh, I had. You know what? I've been thinking about these, and I still haven't got an answer. The drunk dance. <laughs> the drunk dance. Brilliant. Uh, three dream dinner guests. Path. Who are they? Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Freddie Flintoff. 
Johnny Wilkinson. Oh, see, for me, covered a few spots there. You have. You've 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 ticked a lot of boxes there. Um, very good path. Um, finally, aims for this season and and next. Uh, this season, I would love to come down and watch some cricket with the boys on the sideline. Um, and be involved in some sort of song, and then obviously once this is all passed, and hopefully have a full season next year at watching Macclesfield. Um, I'd I'd love us to get back up to be in the Premier League. Absolutely, I think that's uh, that's an aim. At, uh, you know, the whole club wants to wants to see come to fruition. So fingers crossed. For, well, frankly, fingers crossed for both of those things. To be honest, Parf, it would be uh, be great to get out there and, and see some cricket this summer. So. Here's hoping. Um, Parf, I have to say, it's been, been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for, for taking the time uh, to, to come and natter with me about cricket. Any kind of closing remarks or anything you want to say? No, well, I just think, Miles, they've been brilliant. Um, the podcasts that I've listened to so far have, have provided a lot of entertainment uh, during this lockdown and I think a great variety of guests that you've had on. I mean, having Frankie Barker on a podcast, on a cricket podcast for one is... It's just unbelievable, really, uh, how he's managed to wangle himself onto a cricket podcast. I'll never know. Um, <laughs> but I think you've had a good good mix of guests so far, so uh, long may it continue. You know what, Parf, I, I, I wasn't going to touch on this because it's I, I, so, I hate to encourage the promotion of Frankie Barker because God knows that boy does enough self-promotion. You've got to talk us through him signing this sponsorship deal with um, with TP Cricket because he he puts it over in a very different light to hopefully how you're going to put it over. Come on, t- tell us all about this. <laughs> well, as he said, our, our relationship on the cricket field goes back to our under-10 days at, at King's School. He actually seems to remember this innings a lot more than I do because I'll be brutally honest, I, I, I couldn't remember the team that we were playing against or much much else really other than it possibly being my first 50 but I do remember Frankie being there and he, he, one of his biggest assets at that time again which shocked a lot of people he was rapid he could run between the wickets um, I'm not sure quite the same anymore however I divulge a little bit but t- TP cricket was a little bit of a play around for myself um, having come back from Switzerland where I set, set out after university, I'd come back and decided to have a little bit of fun with this cricket business, which, as I said, no no longer is in <laughs> is in uh, business. Um, not affected by coronavirus. It was uh, gone a long time ago. Um, but Frankie was the one that was able to take the stuff that you just couldn't sell because it was <laughs> the, lowest, the, the lowest grade of pads, the lowest grade of gloves, and the lowest bats possible that, I just couldn't get off the shelf, so I, I thought, why not generously uh, give one of the up-and-coming uh, stars of the cricket club uh, some free gear? <laughs> oh, mate, that's that's absolutely shocking. You you couldn't have picked a more worthwhile, um, you know, bottom tier <laughs> cricket kit recipient if you tried. That, um, that picture keeps popping up. It does. It really does. We'll, we'll have to get it put on the the Macclesfield um, the <laughs> Macclesfield Cricket Club Facebook page just for for all to 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 marvel at the wonder of um, Frankie Barker in 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 tiny penis cricket clothing. Um, on on that bombshell path, uh, I, I will say bye bye and thank you very much. And I uh, hope to to hear from you and see you soon, mate. Thanks, Miles. Cheers, path.
Don't spill.